Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. We want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Park. Podcast, and we are part of Believe and Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us in all podcast platforms as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. I am your host, Porter Hayes of Sports and Culture Arkansas. Alongside me is Jacob Davis from Arkansas Fat and Saturday Down South. And all live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas, as well as Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with first-to-market odds and lines. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head on over to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports deposit bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Um, another tough loss for Arkansas. Um, it, it, it's crazy that um, – can you differentiate which one hurt worse, this one or Liberty? I mean, it, it, you're right there with LSU. Last week you just got – you know, you got manhandled by a Liberty team, and then the 17-ranked team in the country, you had the lead, you, you were hanging with them, and, and – and, Fell short 13 to, to 10. So, Jacob, uh, I, I guess I've seen you were at the game. So, uh, you know, what was your thoughts, your takeaways from the game, you know, as a whole and in the aftermath of it? Yeah, so I really thought the defense played well, to be honest with you. Played a lot of man coverage on defense. Uh, we saw McAdoo, I mean – it's crazy that a guy that's played two whole games as a defensive back in Quincy McAdoo is being trusted to play man coverage against LSU's wide receivers, like and then with a alongside McLaughlin, they locked up those guys pretty well and just dared LSU to pass, or dared LSU to run and beat them. And Arkansas did a pretty good job of containing uh, Jaden Daniels. I think he only had like twenty one or twenty three yards rushing. Uh, didn't really allow you to allow him to beat you. Uh, Josh Williams, uh, he had a, he reeled off a couple of long runs, and I was just waiting and waiting and waiting for LSU to just rip off a big one, and they never did that. Uh, Arkansas's defense played well, uh, I thought. Offensively, it's what we all expected. If you don't have KJ Jefferson in there at quarterback, it's it's hard to. Um, to get those points and, and generate uh, any kind of momentum when you don't have KJ back there. And so those are two of my big takeaways. I mean, minus the the LSU receiver being short of the sticks, I'm sure we'll cover that later. Uh, I would have liked it seeing Arkansas be in a more be, – be able to have four minutes to go with three timeouts instead of one timeout and two minutes left with the, your third-string quarterback in there. I would have liked to have seen that better, uh, Porter. Um, but, yeah, that's really my only takeaways of the game. I, I think that that's probably the best-case scenario, honestly. 
Yeah, I yeah, mean, you, you come into the game, and and we put this out last week. I said, and this has, and that's the thing. We caught a lot of heat, or I caught a lot of heat. I won't say we because it was my my doings, but caught a lot of heat about moral victories. And just because we put something out there doesn't mean it's a moral victory. You know, you're coming right. off of a loss to Liberty, who just got beat by UConn. I know we can play this game of well, this team beat this team, this beat team beat this team. But you're coming off a loss to a, a team like Liberty that just manhandled you. And then you come in and you've got the seventh-ranked team in the country. Everybody's saying they're going to lose the rest of the games the rest of the way of the year. They're going to lose this game. LSU's going to blow them out. So if you really and, – and I know there's going to be those ones that die hard thought Arkansas had a chance with us because they know how the LSU-Arkansas rivalry is. But I guarantee 80% of the people – gave Arkansas no chance to win this game. And I guarantee yeah. you 100% of those are the ones that are uh, in uproar the most about decisions made in this game. You know, yeah. when yeah. it comes to this, look, we have to remember there is a thing called depth. If you don't have depth, this and we've said this before, this is not a sport just like baseball or basketball where you're rotating your quarterback, your pitcher, and your your point guard in and out. You have a starting quarterback, and then there's a huge drop-off. Now you're going down to your third-string quarterback. So, I mean, how is – and then execution and stopping Perkins. I mean, all of these things go into execution and effort. Defense played lights out. If you'd asked me that that was your score right there, 13, you held LSU – to 13 points after you gave up all the points to Liberty. You gave up all these points to Bama. I mean, I would have thought you were crazy. But you got to play a full game, and yes, there is questions that need to be answered. There's things going on that we don't know. There's cryptic messages being thrown out on social media uh, about some post-game comments and then a certain player responding to that, and we'll get into that later, but... Yeah. Overall, yes, it's a loss, but it's not saying it's a moral victory if you're saying that, hey, on this t- same day last week, was you saying that this would be the outcome? No, I wasn't. You know, I mean, Were so you? it's not a moral – no, I thought it was going to be a blowout. No. I mean, honestly, I was I questioning the team in the heart yeah. because just the way the press conferences were going. And, if you, and that's the thing. It's like one side showed up, and I know it was cold. Uh, but it was cold for both sides of the ball. It, the defense showed a lot of effort, a lot of effort. Yeah. And I, this yeah. right here, before I go back to you, James Carpenter said that was one of the loudest games I've been to do. I want to give the utmost props to the fans because you were there. But I'm telling you, coming off that loss, knowing it was LSU, it was it snowed the overnight, and for the fans to – not, I mean, to truly sell out that stadium or, or close to it. It wasn't like it's a sellout and then 40,000 fans showed. I want to tip yeah. my hat to every single fan who showed up to that stadium and cheered and was there in, in one of the coldest games that in recent memory, I guess. Yeah. I stood, I, I sit in the lower bowl season tickets wise, but I got, I had a bunch of family up in the section 500. So I went and saw my brother. His birthday was yesterday, so shout out to Cam. Uh, but went up there, and and the only place that you could really tell that was empty was the uh, 
I think the west side corner of the stadium at the very top, which is usually like pretty pretty uh, speckled, but there was probably one section of of that of that section up there at the top that that was empty. I mean, there was a few fans here and there, but the rest of it, I mean, the seats were sold. I mean, people yeah. were in their butts were in the seats, so I was really impressed by that. Uh, the stadium was very loud. Uh, there was a couple of times that the decibel meter would meet to like 93, 94. Uh, I have a decibel meter, a decibel meter on my phone to kind of detect the uh, loudness of the stadium. It got up to about 99, 100 where I was at, but that's probably because, you know, I had fans sitting all around me. Yeah. I don't know where the position is uh, inside the stadium, but I mean, it was loud. There was like, there was points that my uh, ears were ringing. I could feel, uh, when Arkansas had the interception, I think, uh, and I saw Chris Paul and all them uh, high-fiving each other and and hip-checking each other, I could feel the stadium shaking. I mean, that was how loud it was. Uh, I really like what James had to say. This program is still very much alive and well, and that is true. I mean, these fans, they want to help will uh, this team to victory. That's the whole thing about college football, home field advantage, how powerful it is. And I really think Arkansas has one of the best home field advantages in all of college football, especially in the SEC, because you it's just a different atmosphere than anything else in the entire conference. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, it's one of the top, you know, atmosphere. And that's SEC football. I mean, even your yeah. lower tier, like your Mississippi States and Ole Misses and stuff. I mean, I guess outside of Missouri and Vanderbilt – I don't think that there is a stadium. I don't know about Kentucky, but I'm just saying there's two that I know of for sure that are lacking, and that's Vanderbilt yeah. and Missouri. That's the only ones where I've really just consistently heard negative things about. So if you can sit there and say that out of all your conferences or all the teams in your conference, you've got two that are, eh, when it comes to stadium atmospheres, I mean, that's pretty good, and yeah. that's what you're going to get. And especially for the time and the temperature and, and everything going into the game, I didn't expect it to be that full. I mean, I, I expected a lot of people to go, and then everybody made it, you know, was talking about the opening weekend of deer season. You know, people go deer hunting and stuff, yeah. and, you know, that was prime weather to go. But they still went and showed out and, you know, called the hogs. And, like I said, one half side of the ball. I mean, you, uh, you held them to 284 yards total offense. They had 86 yards passing. And 198 yards rushing. But, I mean, most of that was by that drive by, uh, I want to say Johnson was his name. Um, let me look, scroll up here and see real quick. Josh Williams. He had 122 yeah. yards rushing. And a lot of that was on that drive that we'll get into here, here in a moment. But, you know, for the most part, you know, it, it, it seems like I don't know what's going on, and I know a lot of it had to do with the blocking, but – you know, we, we got to get to the point where we're not averaging 2.9 yards a carry. When, when you're yeah. priding yourself on your offensive line, you're priding yourself on Rocket Sanders, A.J. Green. The Binion had uh, three carries for um, two yards. Cade Fortin had 17 yards rushing on five carries. A.J. Green, seven for 31. Malik had 18 carries for 37. Now, it, 
And here's where it kind of gets tricky because he actually went 18 for 79, but he got sacked for 42 yards. So yeah. me, me and Blake Rafino were talking about, I think the sacks need to go on the passing yards. That's just our opinion because they're dropping back to a pass. And if you're going to call it a sack, I mean, that that's where we go. But, you know, Rocket Sanders had 12 carries for 46 yards, 3.8 yards a carry. So that all falls right there. You know, if you're, you're 2.9 yards a carry – 133 net yards on rushing. That, that's unacceptable yeah. when you have the offensive line that you're supposed to have. Yeah. And LSU had been giving up a lot of rushing yards consistently. I think five out of their – or seven out of their eight, nine games this season, they allowed at least 101 yards rushing. And I'll, uh, I know Arkansas exceeded that. But, I mean, when you have a such a – supposed to have such a dominant offensive line and you're, you're – not blocking as well as you you think you should be, like I don't I don't I don't know man. It's just it was just a weird show in the past couple of weeks. It's like everybody was bragging on this offensive line, the the how the offense is playing for the past uh, three months, and then all of a sudden they've just gone down. And it, maybe it's due to injuries, maybe it's due to uh, guys, you know. With them blocks and not being ready, I don't know what it is, Porter. But man, there's just something going on uh, on along the offensive line that just doesn't look stable right well, now. It's and it's it's a mixture of a lot of things. And I said this in the previous statement: it's depth. When you only got yeah. one level of of starters, offense and defense. And you're trying to cycle people in, and they're not—they're not helping out. I mean, that's huge. And look where we're at. And everybody says, "Well, why is it happening at this point of the season?" If that doesn't show you that it's depth, and that these guys are getting worn out and worn down, there's nobody to come in and do a third down stopper. There's nobody to come in and and run a series that you can count on when it comes to your backups and to get you some stops because of the way the defense have been given up, right. especially in the secondary. With so much, you know, you look at. Brooks and Fouché that are with LSU, Catalan's hurt, Slusher deal. You know, all this stuff, it seems like, you know, every year something happens with, you know, players leaving or getting arrested or they're injured. You know, look at, you know, yeah. Morgan last year, you know, playing, you know, bum shoulder. You know, it pull, bumper pull, and Drew Sanders showed up. I mean, that's the thing. We were missing them so much. And I'm telling you what, if they wouldn't have showed up, Drew Sanders had 12 total cat tackles and bumper pull had uh, 10 tackles. And then Drew Sanders had a sack. But also, when you're looking at Harold Perkins Jr. all game, eight tackles and four sacks, uh, he was just – he he was just – I mean, you've seen it. Everybody was like, put another yeah. offensive line on him. But he was spying on the quarterback. It, it's – it's yeah. easy to say these things, but he would sit there, wait, wait, shoot the gap. And with his speed, I know they are making a big deal about Malik and track speed, but when you're running sideways with the football, it's not really fair to sit there and say that that's the one thing that get did get old to me was I understand Perkins is fast and I understand Malik's fast, but you got one guy running freehand nothing in his hands, shooting a gap at a straight line opposed to a guy sidestepping, looking down the field, throwing the ball. Like, I felt like we were playing Alabama and Gary Danielson was calling the game. It's like, get like get over that part of it. Like, enough with he chased a guy that run the 100 meters and, you know, or four by 100. 
he was not running with the football when he was doing that he was four by one hundred. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not yeah. taking anything away from Perkins. That dude had a beast mode day. But it was just like, okay, enough of this this narrative of he's chasing this track star down. The dude had a football in his hand. Yeah. And in there was that's how announcers are. I, I go back to like the Cam Newton days. You remember how it was just a each and every single week, and then Arkansas, you find Arkansas finally plays Auburn, and it's Cam Newton this, Cam Newton that, and Arkansas's got a freaking you know Ryan Mallett who's who's leading the SEC in passing yardage, and then they drop off to Tyler Wilson, and as great as Tyler Wilson was playing, Cam Newton was still getting the praise, and Tyler Wilson almost brought Arkansas back, and they did bring him back to a lead in that game, and it was still about hugging on Cam Newton, and that. that that's just how it's always been. Yep. You saw it with Jadavian Clowney. You've seen it with so many of these can't-miss prospects. Tim Tebow. <laughs> I mean, he Tim Tebow. And then, you know, when Alabama started their dynasty. I mean, like I said, that's where, I, oh, yeah. you know, Vern and Gary, I'm like, that's like, I, I think that they're just going to have – and I asked uh, when we had the guy from uh, Jermaine on from uh, Alabama, like, well, like, what's Gary and them going to do next year when – that uh, they're not going to get to call the SEC no more. <laughs> you know, they're going to sit there and lost, you know. and uh, But right here, it says the last two games, the most Arkansas football thing ever. I mean, that, that's kind of true. It, it, yes. You know, you, yes. you you let the team, lesser team, man, handle you, and then you play really good against LSU. But, but I really do want to get into – and, and this is where we differentiate on on our opinions on it. And I want to get your take on it first of, you know, at that point in the game, I want your take on why you thought that the field goals was, was the better option. And I'll give my take on why I thought that going for it on fourth down was, in my opinion, and going with the coaches of going for it. Yeah. So, I didn't really mind the fourth down call, but I thought taking the points would be more important at that point in the game. Why? Because you don't know what you're going to need at that point uh, going forward. I'm a conservative conservative guy. I I was the guy that was totally against the spread offenses. I was a, a old school ISO running back uh, play action boot. Uh, kind of guy, and and the spreads kind of won me over over the years. But I'm I'm still that kind of conservative guy that I want to take what take what I can get and and add some you know add some uh, scores to my to uh, to the game. And I just think that taking the field goal right there was the safest thing. Maybe it keeps you in a tie ball game, and then hopefully at uh, later on in the game you have the chance to either tie or know what you're going to need to win the ball game. And I think that was that was my whole take. I wasn't infuriated by not taking the field goal because I understood on, on the other side of things. I'll let you elaborate on your reasoning for taking it on the fourth down. Taking well, the well there was a down. lot. Of, and, and my biggest point of the whole everybody was in a roar was right here, that score. Everybody's looking at yeah. that score – and it's easy to look at that score and be like, well, if, if they would have kicked the points, there'd have been yeah. a tie game. All right. True number one. All right. So let's go with that theory right there. So it's 13 to 13. You get the points. Are you trusting the defense in overtime to go into a shootout with LSU? 
in overtime. We're not talking about the first quarter, second quarter. You've seen what happened in the third quarter and on. Are you trusting and knowing that your offense, you're down to your third-string quarterback, are you thinking that they could outscore them in a shootout when you go into overtime? I don't think so. So that, that no. that's from my first point on why I think. And here's the reason why. And, and, and Devin brings up a point. It was just the first quarter. Take the points off the turnover. Keep the momentum. We've been awful at fourth and goal the entire season. Well, 27 of the 34 trips inside the red zone, you've scored a touchdown. Yeah. Also, here, it's here's just the whole Malik deal. Yes, but but here's my, my main point of it. You're up 3 nothing. Your offense has held them to, you know, scoreless for 28 minutes. You're going into the half with 52 combined combined passing yards. You're at the three-yard line. Why why not take the chance? I mean, it's risk worth reward. You get the you, you get the drive or you get the fourth down and goal. It's 10-0. Or say it does fail. You do fail. You're trusting your defense that they, you know and you have faith in them to hold them to go 97 yards down the field or either kick a field goal and tie it up or score a touchdown. You've held them scoreless for 28 minutes. I just think knowing 10-0, you get the ball back. 3-3, you get the ball back. You know, so it's just – and even if they scored a touchdown, 6-3 or, or, you know, what have you. But that's why in that moment, if you know in in, in that point in time, if you thought that you're going to need more than 10 – I mean – you could sit there and say you need more than 14 points to win this game. So you get the touchdowns when you feel like we can get a touchdown. And it didn't pan out, and that's that's the way it happened. But I'm saying the risk versus the reward, you're up 10 nothing if, yeah. it, if it pans out. Yeah, and, and that was the same kind of deal that Sam Pittman was talking about, that at that point it felt like the, the reward was greater than the risk. I don't mind Sam going for it. I like the – Calls because, you know, here we were under Bielema wishing that he would have done certain things right or differently. Or during the Houston Nut days, you wish you would have seen him uh, take more chances, you know. Uh, but, you know, you can't play conservative ball when when you have your second and third string guy in there. You got to take it. I mean, you were 10 yards away from the end zone. I mean, I do get the point of going for it on fourth down and, and trying to convert. But you also want to try to get the points too. So I don't think either side is wrong. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I mean, I I'm not think, saying that they're wrong, side is wrong, but I think we could both be right. I mean, either way. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas could have scored. I mean, on fourth down, uh, touchdown, or they could have scored the field goal. Well, they it, but you don't. You don't know at that point in the ball game in the first quarter what the end uh, the end game is going to be. What you're going to be facing in the fourth quarter, you don't know. And when Arkansas did get down thirteen to three, I think that's what a lot of the frustration was. Was that Arkansas, if they would have just kicked the field goal there in the first quarter, it'd have been a touchdown lead instead of a instead of a uh, ten point lead. Yeah, and, and Devin brings up another point about Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels at that point was not my worry. It was Josh Williams who yeah. had one hundred twenty two yards rushing. Yeah. Were they, you know, that's it. the thing. Like you, you, you look at, and even John Emery had three for forty, had thirteen yards per carry on three carries. But Josh Williams had six point four yards a carry 
on 19 carries and a touchdown and for 31 yards. So, I mean, it's just that the defense was so worn out. And even if you do, can you trust your – and when we go back to trading seven for three, can you trust your – can you trust your offense more to get seven points than your defense? If you, if you can hold, you can trust your defense to hold them to three and you can score seven, hey, let's go get in that shootout. But right. if you can't trust your offense, then you're going to have to settle for a field goal and know that their running back had over 122 yards rushing, you're, you're, right. getting, in a, you're getting in a seven and three battle and you're going to lose that every time. And that's just, like I said, that's my opinion on it. It's just – and again, it's easy to say in the first quarter, "Hey, take the points," but it was a gamble. I mean, you're playing with house money at this point. You know, you're playing oh, yeah. with house money at this point in the season, and that was the seventh ranked team in the nation. You go for it, and you're you're like a hero, you know. And and you're up ten nothing, and you're talking about momentum, momentum going at the half. You're up ten nothing, and you get the ball back. Man, that's a lot of momentum going in the second half. Yeah. There was a lot of shades to the uh, 2014 game. Uh, I mean, the LSU being ranked so high, uh, with it being 37 degrees at a kickoff, uh, was the same same temperature it was in the 2014 game. It was really cool to see kind of like the similarities uh, between that game and, and this year's game. I really was impressed by the defensive line. And I know we may get into it after the break, but I really want to give a shout-out like, to guys like Chris Paul, who, who he was just on fire coming off the daggum line or coming out of the linebacker position. I mean, he was everywhere yesterday. McAdoo, like there is promise on this defense moving forward if you can hold these guys together. Like these young guys, you're wanting McLaughlin to come back. You want McAdoo to to continue to develop as a cornerback. Paul, uh, you know, with him returning at linebacker. There's a lot of good pieces there. If they can continue to stack the depth and get the same kind of caliber players, guys that are going to maximize their uh, potential, like Arkansas's got some uh, good things going. And I think we, I think a lot of the things we took for granted last year was the experience that we've had. And I think that's why, like going from year two to year three, we had such high expectations expectations is because we were adding these guys that were big time transfers, but we were hoping for the same result. Well, and in your non-conference games was a little bit tougher than what you thought. Transfers. Yeah. What was that? I said your non-conference games were ended up being a little bit tougher than what you thought. I mean, you know, you know, yes, you know, Liberty, you know, Cincinnati was one that was, you know, going to be it was tougher BYU I mean you come out and you, you ended up taking care of business in the BYU game but that was a tougher game you know it was a tough game um then, then you look at the Texas A&M game that that I mean we're looking at a team that that field goal goes through the upright I mean we're talking about momentum we don't know we, we play that what if game all want when we talk about right. momentum but no this this is by far the best you want to talk about and this is not just by stats alone just how they were flying to the ball. Hudson Clark had another stellar game. I mean, McAdoo, you, you were talking about everybody is just on him, and it is warranted. That dude, you talk about making the most of your opportunity, and he's come in and not only filled in a spot, he's earned a starting spot. He's earned that spot. Yeah. Not, and it has and, and the way he's played, six tackles. I mean, I mean he and then 
Bass breakups. Pa- two bass breakups. That's I mean, right. And it's all about quality. I mean, that one. I mean, that one breakup was a veteran play. I mean, he yeah. the timing. He had his arm on him just at the right time and knocked the ball away. You got to give it to him. Somebody who coaches said, "Hey, this guy needs to play more." I don't care where we put him, but he's that talented. Yeah. And that I'm telling you what, honestly. That is the first time I've heard Coach Pittman say that about a player. And you look at the talent when we've had people where they don't know to stick them. But McAdoo yeah. is the first time where I've heard Pittman openly say, I don't care where he's at. I want him on the field. And that says a lot. That that means he's a player. Yeah. And and that's what you want. Like, we think of Arkansas guys, and that's what Sam Pittman's alluded to over and over and over again. He's Arkansas. Blue collar work yep. ethic guy that if he's gonna if he wants it and he wants to get on the field, he's gonna earn his spot and he's earned it. He's worked hard for it. And I, I'm really proud to to see a guy, a true freshman, come in and make such an impact. And and I know he's full hog too. And that's the that's the uh, great thing to see. And then you had Chris Paul. You know, another stellar performance again, four tackles, two sacks, 16 yards for loss. I mean, they had seven tackles or seven sacks and eight tackles for loss. So, I mean, the D, I mean, just they were in the backfield just as much. And that that's where you could tell, like, you know, last week when we were looking at the stats and we're like, how does this add up to a loss? Now we're looking at the very right. same stats. You can be like, okay, I can see where th- this was a loss for Arkansas because just. I mean, you got to look at Perkins. I mean, he was the game changer. You know, he was he the was. one that – I mean, you talking about clutch. It doesn't matter. And I know, like I said, in our, our, we'll go to a break here real quick, but when it comes to, you know, the spot call and all that, it's like quality over quantity. That guy was at the perfect place at the perfect time when it come to getting stops. So um, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. Let our uh, sponsors say a few words, and then when we come back, we're going to continue on this conversation, and then we'll break down a little basketball, um, and then we're going to talk about Ole Miss coming up after a hard-fought loss to Alabama and where their mindset might be coming in. But we will catch you after the break. Hang tight. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter? Your pasture brush hogged or need your driveway bladed? Here at Grind It Right Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated, so call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. 
Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use the, only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors, your storm damage restoration experts. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They are located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast and carrying on with our conversation. I mean, things are things are quirky when we look at college football and stuff. And Devin brought up, you know, UConn beating Liberty. But, I mean, oh, Vandy beat Kentucky. I mean, when we look at losses and wins and all that stuff, I mean, it, it's bound to happen. It's college football Things happen for a reason. You look at South Carolina, and when I was on with the on the SEC kickoff show with Blake Rafino and Joe, um, I compared Arkansas and South Carolina when they were at the season at the season point. Two similar situations. You know, you can't really hang your hat on an eleven point win against Vandy like South Carolina did, but they had momentum. They beat Kentucky. They're riding high, and then all of a sudden they just drop the ball. And now we see where South Carolina's at. Arkansas is the same way. You got the win against BYU, your bye week, and then the win against Auburn. You're like, okay, momentum's going high. You're, you you think you're on the right trajectory, and now you're on this skid. So, I mean, it's just you, you, it seems like we're going through the same things, you know, year after year, other than last year, you know. But last year can't happen every year. I mean, we we know. Until he gets his depth, until he gets a full, you know, two deep roster without injuries where you could come in and bring another guy in, you're going to have things like this happen. Yeah. And oh, and you, and uh, I said it earlier, like you had guys like Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry and Traylon Burks, guys that were Arkansas. They, they, they were your leaders. They were your heart and soul of this team. And, and they were going to fight two injuries. They were not going to be taken off the field. Uh, they would they would leave it all on the field last year. And, and I'm not saying these guys don't. Uh, I'm just saying, like, they, uh, they played through their recruiting rankings. They exceeded, exceeded all expectations, uh, not just tra- not trailing, but I'm talking about, like, Hayden Henry and, and Grant Morgan guys that were former walk-ons that were – that were just considered role players under Brett Bielema and, and and Chad Morris. And then they become just household names at Arkansas. And, you know, that I think that's where Arkansas is hurting this year is through the leadership and motivation. But hopefully after seeing them, and I know this was a rivalry game yesterday, but seeing the guys just look motivated, enthused to be on the field, 
like I never saw, I haven't seen much like slapping each other's butts, hip checks, chest bumps, like any kind of genuine excitement uh, this season until yesterday. Like this team, it felt like things were coming together. Uh, I think if they would have won yesterday, I think it would have kind of right all the wrongs that had been going on. Uh, I wish they could have won last week. I mean, honestly, against Liberty. But, you know, we're talking about now, and we're talking about where this team is going. And I feel a lot better about Arkansas getting at least a sixth win. I don't know. I I don't want to see what a pissed-off Lane Kiffin Ole Miss team will look like this coming week. I mean, I saw his press (laughs) conference. He was ticked off. Like, I love Lane Kiffin. He was my choice if if Arkansas was ever going to get a coach. And a lot of people know that about me. They know I'm a huge Lane Kiffin advocate. Uh, but, man, I hope we kick their butts <laughs> on uh, on next Saturday. But I, I'm chasing rabbits again. But, but yeah, this is what the team was missing was, was guys like Grant Morgan and the enthusiasm and then the love for the game and all that. And I saw that yesterday, and that was real promising. Yeah, and, uh, so and because I think these guys are seeing, I think these guys are seeing. You know, they know the LSU games. I mean, it's it's coming down to it. I think some of these people are starting mm-hmm. to realize, hey, we've only got a couple more games left. You know, yeah. and I know it, it's sad to say that we're waiting this late in the season to to, to show some some fight and some fire. But I mean, sometimes that it, it's the way it plays out. You know. Um, Jonathan Parker brings up a good point. Without the super seniors, I don't think we have the same. And that's it's it's playing out. And with when yeah, we're forgetting the whole thing. You think you're getting your star safety back? You think you're getting your star yes. player back, Catalan? And first game, I mean, right out the gate, boom, collarbone. I mean, what kind of blow does that? You know, here we go again, right. and we're talking about this snowball effect. What kind of you know, effect did that have on the team? But there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of things going on. And we've seen things that are carrying over to social media and there's post-game press conference comments and, and, and players commenting on that and things that are cryptic. And it's like, you're on this skid. Why is your mind even on social media? Why Why is right. your mind even on? And I know they're kids, and we can't tell them what to do. But, you know, it, it's almost like if, if we want to, you know, be – if we want to hold the coaches as accountable as their play calling in these decisions, we need to start holding the players accountable, the ones that are not clearly seems like they're putting the team first. You know, they're making decisions that are making it seem like they're putting themselves over the team. And their intentions might not be that way, but when you put yourself in certain situations and your teammates are having to pick up or fill your slot or pick up the pieces, the the repercussions are now your team not only is trying to win a game, get back back on track against a team like LSU, now they're having to fill gaps that they they can't afford to fill. Yeah. And you're talking about the pre, uh, post-game press conference, and like everybody knows what what happened. We've seen the, we have seen the, uh, the screenshots of the tweet. Like, why even say anything like that? that well, it's not the first time this person said anything. Only for uh, complete disrespect for your for your coach, who's keeping it professional. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors between those two guys, but 
your your head coach is at least taking up for you. Don't yeah. put laughing emojis on your on your Twitter page, retweeting it. Come well, on, man. And and this is this is not the first time something like this has happened. You know, it's when, not. We're, when, when we're scrubbing and we're we're putting things out there, and it's exactly what I said the last time this happened. If you're doing this publicly, what are you doing privately? Yeah. What are you doing behind closed doors? Because we last week, you know, he was taking first team snaps, and then all of a sudden, okay, what if something happened? I mean, what that's that's what I'm talking about. These behind closed doors things that we don't see, but the coaches take the fall for it because they're the ones that are, you know, taking the brunt of it. And and I mean, I want to know how we're we're weak by a exactly. statement because when you're doing these things, and I'm, we've said this before. These guys want to start getting NIO money, and they, 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 they want to start getting treated like paid players. We're going to start holding them accountable for their actions. And, and we, can, we can say weak, but if you're, if you're going to social media and your head's not, you know, you're, you're getting beat by LSU, you're getting beat by Liberty, but let's go comment on this. That shows right there that your head's not in the game. And, and we no, can be weak all we want, but – it's just the fact that um, if you're trying to be better, if you're trying to not get people to say anything or comment or think that um, these things are going on, then prove us wrong by not doing those actions. Yeah. Like, man, your coach is trying to take up for you, dude. Like, why? I don't understand. Like, it, it just shows a lack of maturity. It'd be like me, like my my boss follows me on Twitter. I follow him back. Like, okay, what if he comments on something that I did there in the day and, and trying to take up for me? I mean, I stand right beside him all day. I'm just gonna tweet at him. I'm just gonna be like, it's disrespectful. Like, just don't do it. Like, think before you tweet. Now, I like the whole Clemson thing. Like, not using the social media during the season. Isn't that right? Isn't that yeah. what your uh, I mean, they have, your team does? It's not even use the use social media at all. I mean, keeping your mind clear. I mean that it's a, it's a culture thing. I mean that's how kids are. Like, I mean we're gonna we're gonna take to we're gonna take to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and say whatever the heck we but, want. But uh, but I'm not it's opposed just, to it's too free. But I'm not opposed to taking things away. I'm I'm not opposed. I don't yeah. think here's the deal. It's like be responsible. You know, it, it yeah. shouldn't be. You shouldn't have it taken away. If you're responsible yeah. with it, you, it's a, you know, we have the right freedom of speech. Go say what you want to say, yeah. but we got to realize we don't see any other players. We don't see any other players doing this either. Well, and we're not in their social media though either. I mean, we we're, yeah, we're not. I, I mean, that's the thing. I, I'm sure it happens other places. I mean, we've seen. You, you can't tell me that with the transfer portal and people being unhappy. I mean, it happens all over the place. And I've seen some snippets here and there. But what I'm getting at is, it shouldn't have to be taken away. It, it should be one no. of them things that it, it, you should be. You represent your team and your program. Because you wear that jersey, you know it, it, it's just one of them things that there's certain things that I'm allowed to do and not allowed to do for the job I have. But I represent that company, you know, and that that's the thing. No matter what I'm doing, if I'm out at work, I represent that company. There's certain things that you can say and can't say. 
you know what, I have the right to say whatever I want, but I got to hold myself accountable if I say the things that are going to get me in trouble. That's just, that's where we are. There's no accountability. Yep. Those receipts. So, uh, but I mean, uh, what's that team that's two and oh right now that we haven't given respect to in the first 45 minutes. Well, and and that's the thing. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's, that's where we're at. Look, and and that's the thing. This is no disrespect to, to Musselman and what's going on with that basketball team and stuff. But we, we know we're dead in the middle of football season. So, you know, it, it's one of them deals that, you know, they played and, and we said coming into this season that North Dakota State was going to be a, a good team. And for Worth them it. to get things going without your star player, I mean, they, they did really well. Yeah, they – uh and against Fordham, man, that three-point defense, and now we talked about that uh, before the season, is like how is their length going to affect the uh, way that uh, teams shoot from uh, beyond the arc? I think uh, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Uh, Fordham, they shot four of 17 from mm-hmm. three. North Dakota State, they shot five of 21 from three. And I think that is below like twenty something, like twenty five percent. So that goes back to the uh, like first year under Eric Musselman, where they wanted to make sure like teams didn't beat them from three and played complete defensive games. And Arkansas was doing that. Uh, Arkansas was doing that. Like I mean, they they were allowing like. I think 21 or 22 percent, and ended up leading the whole uh, NCAA in uh, three point percentage that season. So that was, so I kind of see a return to that, uh, and with the length, I expect it to to kind of stay that way at least until SEC play. Well, and 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 that's where you're seeing the youth. These kids are young. Oh, yeah. These guys are, you know, we're, we're seeing the youth of this team come out. You're, you're holding the team. And this is another thing. When you were talking about teams that play good defense, look at their free throw percentage. You held them to 58.8% from the free throw line. 10 of 17. I know Ooh. that doesn't, yeah, I mean, that's, but that just shows you when, and, and we look at the women's side of it, and they're having some struggle shooting uh, free throws right now. They totally changed the pace of their game this year. And if you're running up and down, it's almost like we done a drill in high school where you would run up and down. You'd make two. Uh, you had to make two shots in a row and then shoot two free throws. Uh, you do that for five minutes. I mean, when you step the free throw line and you're just gassed. So let's look at. Let's think about Division One athletes. They're guarding each other for forty feet, and then get, let's go shoot free throws after a four minute break. I mean, it, it's so when you're holding them to fifty eight percent from, and then like you said with a three point percentage, you you held them to twenty three. 0.5% as a whole, 4 for 17 for the game. But you held them to 37% from the floor alone, 17 to 45. Yeah. So, And, again, I know this is Fordham, but still yet. We've seen teams come in and play Arkansas tough. You know, oh, yeah. so. and Especially then last year. Yeah. So, and then you caused 30, 30 turnovers, like Devin said. I mean, this That's is a young team. That's yeah. defense. But that's what you want. That's you're, what's going to get you over the top. these guys. Like, Arkansas's length is affecting the passing lanes. Like, how many times did we watch Fordham try to kick it across the court to the guy at the corner? And Arkansas's length 
trying to get up in the passing lanes was affecting the ball. I mean, it overthrows, underthrows, side throws. Like it was just a, it was just incredible watching a very good engineered defensive performance and Fordham didn't even reach uh, 50 points. Yeah. I want to bring up, and this is who I'm going to give my shout out to um, on the basketball teams, Ricky Council. He reminds me of Justin Smith. You talk about what he meant to the team and what he's doing so far, coming in and making an immediate impact. That that is who you look at. He's six six two oh five. Justin, I think was six seven six seven two thirty yeah. something like that. But that's just who he reminds me of. Watching him in, in the highlights and in how he's just kind of taken a, a role of. Be, I mean, you've seen that dunk. We've seen that. Everybody's seen the dunk he had. You know, it's just one of the things that when you're um, coming in and you make that, like I said, that immediate impact, I mean, he's played – he's averaging 36 minutes a game and he's averaging 18.5 points a game. Brazil's averaging 14 and Devo's averaging 12 as of November 11th. And I'll tell you what. That is that's surprising about Devo. You talk about a quiet twelve point five points a game. I mean that that's. Oh yeah. I mean, but we I know this is a a, a two game sample, but still yet, you know you're hearing. But and then uh, Makai Mitchell, you know, I mean he's coming in. Jordan Walsh, Anthony he's Black, but I, my biggest surprise, and I want to give him props, is Joseph Pinion. He's coming in. You kind of thought he was going to be. You know, one of those guys that didn't get much playing time, but now he's doing something in practice and he's killing it. And one of those guys we talk about, McAdoo, there was freshmen that are coming in and really making the most of their opportunity. He's coming in and he's he's proven that he earns a spot on the floor. I mean, you can shoot all day long, but if you can't play defense, you're not going to play for Muslim. You're not going to yeah. sift the court. And and Pinion's showing that as a true freshman. What with his defense ability. Um, I mean, he's he's been able to at least carve out a role. I think he's averaging he's averaging about a minute a game, but he's still uh, still playing well in the time that he's getting. Uh, I'm really I really you said Ricky Council kind of is like a Justin Smith. I say he's more of an athletic Mason Jones, uh, a guy that's you know he loves getting to the basket. And if Arkansas can, if him and and Brazil can get those shots to go at the rim, and I know they're going to come. I think they've gone a little bit too strong in a couple of attempts. But if those guys can get those shots in there, man, Arkansas is going to be tough to stop at the basket. Uh, I, I think they're uh, at the basket this season. Let me see. At least against Fordham, there's usually a stat in here that tells you uh, uh, where they shoot at the, shoot to the basket. There was uh, – 54 paint points, 54. And I know Fordham doesn't have the uh, physical uh, attributes that most SEC teams do, but 54 uh, points in the paint, no matter uh, uh, what team you're playing, is pretty stout. Uh, But I really want to brag on Jalen Graham. I really didn't know what we were going to see out of him. He was coming off an injury, didn't really really do much the past couple weeks, but came in against Fordham. Ten points looked really good in the second half. I think he's going to carve out a role. And Makai Mitchell, that guy, Arkansas hasn't had a back to the basket score under Musselman 
that guy is physical and he's a man. I really, I really enjoyed like uh, watching him, and that's what Arkansas needed is more guys that are going to be physical down low, and that's what they have with Mitchell Graham and Brazil. Yeah, and, the, and up next for Ar- uh, Arkansas, you got South Dakota State, and they come off a sixty-eight, sixty-six win over Boise State. Um, Matt Dentlinger had 19 points um, and two rebounds. Then you had Zeke Mayo. He had 13 points. Alex Arians and um, William Kyle the third each had 11. So they're one and one on the year. They got beat by Akron and then beat Boise State. So, again, South Dakota State's another one of those teams that every now and then they'll sneak into the – into the field of uh, 64 or 68 now and, and pull off an upset. So I think this really – this is going to be one of those games that is going to be um, – you could see not as a trap game, but it would be easy to overlook this game because after that you got the Maui Invitational and you got Louisville, Creighton, and, and, and Texas Tech. So um, look for this to be a very good tune-up game. Then you want to talk about what makes a team and you always look at what we call trap games – you you got a game against South Dakota State right before this Maui Invitational. It'd be so easy to have your mind set on, all right, we're about to go to Maui, we're about to go to Hawaii, we're about to just go, you know, chill. Well, you, you've got South Dakota State coming. I know Louisville's had some struggles early on, but I'm telling you what, when when you look at some of these teams that get beat by these Division Twos and these Evansvilles, and, and I can't remember who Louisville's gotten beat by, but you overlook a team like that, and then all of a sudden they get one guy that gets hot and goes off for 30. I mean, now you're looking at the one that you're getting beat by a team that just got beat by uh, Evansville or whoever, you know. So you can't take any of these teams lightly. No, and that's the thing about basketball is a team can get hot any single, every, any single night. I remember last year Arkansas it was playing Northern Illinois. Yeah, Northern Illinois is a pretty good basketball school. But they hit like 17 threes. Arkansas had to fight their way out of that inside Bud Walton Arena last year. But, man, that's the thing. This is a different thing about Arkansas this year is, like I said earlier, I think their length and physicality on defense is going to make more of an impact than we really realize. I think it's going to be the difference in a lot of games, especially in non-conference. You know, Louisville's actually down this year. I mean, they I think they lost both of their – yeah, Division two, or maybe they just they got beat by Wright division, State, and then that Bellarmine, Bellarmine school, or who? Yeah, <clears throat> by one, they've yeah. lost both their games by one point. Um, yeah, and Devin and even said Wright State in the comments. But you, you I mean that's just the way. I mean, you look at look at the drop of Arkansas twenty years ago after they were 94, yeah. 95, 95, 96, and then who would have thought that you know they were playing these EA sports teams back then and getting beat? I mean, you never know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. You know. But yeah. it, it's – listen, it doesn't matter. Louisville could be undefeated and, and Texas Tech, Creighton. My opinion, Texas Tech's going to be your biggest competition going into this. But you're going to be in Maui. I mean, but you're going to be on TV. It's going to be one of these games. But the big – the coolest thing about basketball, and we've said this many times – you could go over two, one for two, or, or zero for three and one for two in this Maui Jim Maui Invitational, means nothing. Means nothing. Conference 
is the really when you look at the, how basketball is laid out, your conference season carries everything. They always go off your last 10 games, what you did in conference, and, and your non-conference resume. I mean, I'm glad they're playing this Maui Invitational because, I mean, their non-conference schedule, other than that, I mean, you got Troy, San Jose State, Greensboro, of course, Oklahoma. Then you got Bradley and then UNC Asheville. So this Maui yeah. Invitational is going to be the anchor to their their non-conference. I mean, other than OU, I mean, I guess you could throw North Dakota OU is going to be improved. Yeah. And Porter Moser, that guy was – I mean, I don't know what's going on. I mean, he was a heck of a coach at Little Rock and, and Louisville, Chicago, but something's happened uh, since he's been at Oklahoma, and things just haven't been going his way. I mean, they lost to freaking Sam Houston State on opening night last week, so that was that was weird. So, I mean, really, honestly, you're gonna you're hoping you have a good Maui Invitational appearance, like you said, because. Because you're not going to have any key wins after uh, uh, during non-conference play. Well, Devin and brings up the Baylor game, and that's in between. Good. He brings up the Baylor game. That's in between, you know, conference mm-hmm. games. So I mean, that, that's kind of I understand your point on the non-conference, but when I mean non-conference, I'm talking about the games before you get into conference play. Right. Because I mean, but that I think this is going to be and and what crazier way to start off your SEC slate. At LSU, you oh, want to yeah. talk about a way to really, get, really get this team. I mean, you've got LSU, Missouri, and then at Auburn. That I, you, and you know Auburn's going to be wanting retribution. For oh what man, happened last year. at Auburn, you got to start first year three games at LSU. You get Missouri at home, and then at Auburn. Woo-hoo. I'm, I'm telling you, that's going to be that's going to be a brutal start. You can't don't sleep on Missouri either. I mean, you talk about no. sandwiched in between LSU and Auburn. So, I mean, that's going to be one of them deals that um, you can't overlook that. And hopefully, you know, we don't even know the what what the status of Nick Smith is. We we don't know. Hopefully, you know, he'll he'll be back by conference. I haven't heard a thing about. And and I know Ty uh, Richardson on the morning rush at ESPN Arkansas was saying that worries him. It does. I mean, I got to give him props. For, you know, that's where I was hearing it from. But when they don't disclose anything about a status, that really gets you thinking how right. bad is this. And I don't want to speculate or anything like that. But I mean, he put out a, a tweet. I think he said I was I, about to bring that up. Go ahead. I didn't they see it. You did. Yeah, it was. Uh, they ain't gonna feel me or gonna feel yeah. me. G O N E. Yep. Feel me. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully that means his return's soon. coming back soon. But yeah, I mean, a minute. we're going to, I mean, that's the thing, you know, what's cool about this is while we're deep diving into football, they're playing their non-conference schedule. And then when, you know, football wraps up, it's going to be time for, um, you know, you start. So let's say bowl season, depending on the bowl, it's going to be right there close to the LSU game depending on what bowl game they get. So it's going to be buttoned up next to each other. But we know that once they get into SEC play, we're going to start really ramping up the basketball coverage, of course. You know, we're going to have the the women's stuff on on the different days. So, you know, having two games a week, we're going to have plenty to talk about when it comes to this basketball team. Oh, yeah. Basketball is my uh, favorite sport. No, I talk a lot about football. But, man, basketball is my first love. And being able to see – and I know we got a couple more minutes. I can just sit here and talk about it. But 
I didn't really start becoming a huge basketball fan, especially Arkansas, until about 06. And Ronnie Brewer was my idol. Like, I used to try to shoot like him. You know, he used to have, like, a little bow from when he had, like, some kind of uh, arm, uh, broke his arm yep. uh, riding a bike or something back in <laughs> back when he was a kid. And so his shot was just a little bit uh, different. And I, I tried to imitate old Ronnie uh, the best I could. But, yeah, like basketball, man, I love talking about it. I wish we could talk about it all year round just because that that's how much I love it. And, uh, man, I'm really excited about this team to see where they can go, especially with how they don't even have their best player on the court right now is what's impressive to me and and, and being able to put up that offense. I can't wait to see what they have with Nick Smith offensively and defensively, uh, defensively when he comes back. Yeah, you talking about having him in black right there at the, at the top. I mean, it, it's – when when you have those guys, and we're talking about holding people to these free throws and three point percentages, it's easy to look at your length and I know closeout speed and, and getting in you know depth where you're you're not even allowing the guys to get a high percentage shot. But when you're having to guard the length on defense and you and you're going into that transition offense, I mean just how tired you're going to be. I mean that right there in a, in itself does just as much of what you do on offense as it does on the closeout speed. Yeah. And if you've forgotten Nick Smith, and while we were talking about length, he's six foot five but has like a seven foot wingspan. Yeah. <laughs> that's just freaking crazy to I me. I mean, he's all it's advertised. Oh, I mean, that's that's oh, the goodness. one thing that makes, you know, everybody's had so much hype for this team. And from what we've seen so far, I mean, we you're not, and that's the thing, like you're not going to be able to expect all these guys to to come in and, you know, score 20 points a game. You know, we're going to yeah. have those role player guys. So it, it's good to see that the guys, we see who the guys are standing out, but it's not like, it, say, Walsh only gets six, seven points. I mean, if they're doing their job on defense, they're filling their role. That's what Coach Musselman's all about. And he gets this thing rolling around January. So we're looking at, you know, the Missouri-Auburn. Auburn's January 7th. That's when he usually gets things cracking about, you know, three, four games into the SEC season. So we'll see what's turning out with this team. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do, uh, how the Auburn atmosphere is going to be. I think that's going to be the test. I mean, you know about LSU, really don't know where they're at right now with their uh, new staff and the new team. It was a completely overhauled roster. But I think Auburn's going to answer a lot of questions when you get down there. Uh, hopefully Auburn comes away unscathed and they can meet as undefeated teams early on in conference play. Yeah, because, so, I mean, it could be one of them anything. Texas situations, your first true yeah. road test. And, and, and yeah, I mean, say this is – I'm not saying it's going to happen. But, I mean, your, your first game at Auburn, say you get run by 20. I mean, it's not going to be the – end of it. I mean, that's just your first game, but it's going to give you a shot of, hey, this is what you got to look forward to because you've got to go to Auburn, then Missouri, you get LSU at home, then your game against Baylor, then you got Kentucky February 7th at Texas A&M on the February 15th, which is always a tough game for the Razorbacks on the road. Florida, Georgia at Alabama, then you get at, ooh, February 28th, at Tennessee, March 4th, you get yeah. uh, Kentucky at home. So I'm talking about this This schedule sets up that if they get 
through this and they get a top two, top three overall, like when it comes to the SEC, you talking about battle tested, how this this uh, schedule is even out through the whole deal. There's not like a big stretch of four games in a row where it's going to be tough. You've got a couple of games sprinkled in, but nevertheless, it's going to be a tough SEC schedule. Yeah, I really like closing with Kentucky at home. Kind of gets you, you put the stamp on the season, a regular season, by hopefully beating Kentucky. And I know Kentucky is going to be good too because, man, they are the only team in the SEC to me that matches up with Arkansas size for size. But Alabama and Auburn, man, Alabama looks good. Yeah. And, and what they Oaks really has good. done down there, that's another coach that's really done a lot with his, his team. You know, I mean, that's – you know, there's – the SEC has really started to come back up when it gets the most – you know, a lot more teams are competitive in the league, you know, with the way Texas A&M's been for Arkansas, you know, and then, of course, Kentucky and Alabama and Auburn. But, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Um we, we do have a big week this week when it comes to, you know, of course, Ole Miss. We're going to have our Ole Miss show on Thursday. Wednesday, we're going to have an hour-long show um, on our weekly women's sports report. We're going to have the head coach of UAPB on to talk about the magnitude of the UAPB-Arkansas game. And I do want to talk just a quick second about it. And, and you know, when you go into a season where Arkansas is playing at UAPB, you think it's just another game against an in-state school. Um, I was very well educated, moved on what this game meant to both sides, uh, what this game meant to Arkansas, what this game meant for the, 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 the banner-carrying college of this state to go to Pine Bluff and play the women in UAPB and so we're going to have the head coach of the UAPB on um, on Thursday or Wednesday at six. Uh, Don, Coach Don Thornton. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Plus, we had a lot of recruiting news with the softball, basketball, all the signings going on. So it, that's going to be an hour long show on Wednesday, and then of course our Thursday. Uh, 30 minute Thursday show previewing the Ole Miss game. Don't have a guest. Uh, linked up just yet, but we're going to have some kind of uh, beat writer or, or someone that covers the, the Ole Miss Rebels uh, to talk about that. But before we go, I do want to give a shout-out to our sponsor of the Arkansas Brewing Company. Uh, went down there last week, man. If, if you don't have a place to go watch the game in the River Valley, go to Ozark, 201 South 1st Street in Ozark, Arkansas. They got daily specials, drinks. Of course, being from Ozark, the Hillbilly Lager is my favorite drink to go to karaoke so if you want to want a good place to go hang out great food and great drinks be sure to visit my hometown of ozark and go visit the arkansas brewing company but jacob um you got anything else before we wrap it up brother i'll go hogs (laughs) all right well that will do it again for another episode of the hog talk podcast presented by arkansas brewing company and bet online and we will catch you on wednesday Telling you, this cursor got me again, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Dual oh, screens. <laughs> How about that? Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.